0: I'll go start the coffee.
1: I'll be down in a minute.
0: Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor Rand, Laura, wake up.
1: Good morning. Good morning. We are reading the Bible.
0: Yeah. It's a good thing to do in the morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're in Luke 20.
1: Yep. The authority of Jesus questioned. One day as he was teaching the people in the temple courts and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? They said, Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or from me? They discussed it among themselves, and they said... If we say from heaven, he will ask, Why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered him, We don't know where it was from. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. So that section's just saying like, you're trying to catch me and get me in trouble, I could ask you the same question and get you in trouble.
0: Right? Yeah, basically. I mean, like, it's interesting that, the, to me at least, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, when they're answering the question, they don't care at all about what the truth actually is. They just care about how people are gonna respond to what they say.
1: Well, Jesus sort of does the same thing because he could be thinking if I say from heaven, they'll accuse me of blasphemy. But if I say from men, that's not true and uh, people will get upset.
0: Mm-hmm. So, But the reason why Jesus is saying that is because <laughs> he has a positive goal in mind and the Pharisees and tax closure. But you're right, there is a.
1: It's just like you can't answer honestly because something bad could happen to you. Mm hmm. No matter which way you answer.
0: Yeah. And he's not being deceptive here, he's just calling them out again. <laughs> I don't have too much else there. Oh.
1: The parable of the tenants. He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented rented it to some farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants, so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant, but that one they also beat and treated shamefully, and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my son, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him. The inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, May this never be. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written, The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately, because they knew he had spoken a parable against them, but they were afraid of the people.
0: Any thoughts? No, not. I mean, it's again mm-hmm. calling them out. The parable is, I mean, about the prophets being sent, and that and Jesus being sent. Yeah. There's a, I think they got this parable because there's a. Really strong reference to Israel being God's vineyard uh and the watchtower in Isaiah, yeah, and taking care of it, so that's something that they would have referred to themselves as, but otherwise, I mean this is maybe it's because we go over these things a lot, this is something that comes up, maybe I think every year almost. During Lenten, break uh, a piece. So, do you have any thoughts or questions on it?
1: Mm-hmm. Is this happening during Holy Week?
0: Yeah, because Palm Sunday has already happened.
1: And yeah, just that they were looking for a way to arrest him mm-hmm. there for the people. So, okay. Let's keep going keeping a close watch on him they sent spies who pretended to be honest they hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so that he might they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor so the spies questioned him teacher we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality but teach the way god is in of god in accordance with the truth Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me a denarius whose portrait and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, And give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. They were unable to trap him in in what he had said there in public. And astonished by his answer, they became silent. So, the people at this time obviously hated the Romans and did not like paying taxes. So, the Pharisees were hoping that Jesus would say, like, side with the people and say, No, you don't have to pay taxes.
0: Yeah, and then they could be upset at Caesar, or they could tell Caesar that he was in trouble. And if Jesus said they should pay taxes, then they could get him in trouble with the Jewish people. Yeah. it's a, I think I forgot that these, that sentence, that they were spies. Mm. People that were masquerading as disciples of Jesus rather than just the Pharisees being in their robes and challenging them I don't know that I remember that sentence
1: no I mean did you no I didn't think of it as spies I just pictured them as hecklers you know (laughs) wearing their normal Pharisee garb don't Pharisees dress differently
0: yeah, they have their prayer shawl yeah. and all of their...
1: So I just pictured that. I didn't know. I mean, they could have been doing that too along the way. Like, telling other people, hey, ask this or say this. Mm-hmm. And they're still present, but they're not the one asking the questions. So. Anyway, you want to keep going? Yeah. All right. We're sore in Luke 20, verse 27. Some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife for no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second one... The second and then the third married her, and in the same way the seven died, leaving no children. Finally the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given into marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given into marriage. And they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. And some of the teachers of the law responded, Well said, teacher. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. So, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. No. Why are they asking questions about the resurrection?
0: I'm guessing it's one of the riddles that they use to... Um, try and prove to people that there is no resurrection from the dead they didn't believe in angels they only believed in the first five books of the bible the pentateuch so i think it's just one of these things of trying to prove their point in a roundabout sort of way rather than actually i mean you can't prove there's an afterlife or no afterlife because you can't go there and come back. There's no empirical evidence, you have to have faith. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's doing. Is well, Jesus uses well, I mean their own it. scriptures, but
1: I don't know if you answered this and I just wasn't paying attention, but the Sadducees don't believe that. There is an
0: afterlife. Right, so or they're I mean, just...
1: I am sorry, they don't believe in resurrection. Right,
0: so they're trying to say, oh, well, if you believe there's an afterlife, oh, look at I how see. silly something like this would be. I see. And... Yeah, it's its more mocking than anything. And I guess. Okay, um...
1: There was something in what Jesus said that I had a question about. Oh, yeah, verse 37. Mm-hmm. But in the account of the bush, even Joseph sh- or Moses showed the dead rise. For he called the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. What does that mean?
0: So, when... um, Say Moses called him that? Or...
1: Yeah, no. Jesus said
0: I am right. Moses showed the dead right, rise, right. for he calls so, the Lord the Lord of Right. So he said, What is your name? And he says, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So this is one of those passages that's really important because it shows that every word in the Bible matters. The tense of verbs matters. You know, rather than saying I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob shows that these people are alive and not dead. And, you know, this is, in a roundabout sort of way, Jesus proving that this is inspired by the Holy Spirit because even the tense of verbs matter and are extremely important, even if... These scholars that only studied five books of the Bible never took this to heart, um, because they said, "Oh, well, I'm gonna—I have my own bias about what God should say, and therefore, I'm gonna discount this or do some grammatical gymnastics to get around it."
1: Hmm. So then, when it says the teachers of the law. Said, well, said teacher. They're happy that Jesus is kind of shutting down the Pharisees or the Sadducees.
0: Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's the Pharisees, there's the Sadducees. The teachers of the law could be in either one of those, but they're still in the positions of power. And while they're against Jesus, I mean, they figure, okay, Jesus is just one guy. We're going to figure out a way to take him out. But there's still going to be this uh divide between who is right between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who in the Jewish camp. And I think they're afraid of Jesus, but at this point they really don't think that he's going to have longevity to start a revolution that's going to completely change their religion. They just think he's, I mean, at worst, another prophet, and they've gotten rid of a lot of prophets throughout the years. Psalm. So, yeah, it's a, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Last section in this chapter. This is going by. All right, verse 41. Then Jesus said to them, How is it that they say that Christ is the son of David? David himself declares in the book of Psalms, The Lord said... The Lord said to my right hand, (laughs) Oof, my eyes are jumping around. Okay. In the book of Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They love to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted in the marketplace and have the most important seats in the synagogues and in the places of honor at baptisms. (laughs) At banquets, they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. So the first part. Mm Mm-hmm. How is it they say the Christ, the Messiah... Is the son of David, and then the quote is sit at my right hand, and I'll make you your enemies a footstool. Mhm, so. The Lord said to my Lord. That's kind of confusing to me.
0: Well, that's what's in the psalm. Right. So, again, it's...
1: So, like, is that like God the Father said to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's saying we're equals. And so if David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? So he's saying if David calls him Lord, then he's not a human, de- like, only only a human descendant. He's more than that.
0: Yeah, and David would have been looked on from them as, you know, the patriarch of the nation of Israel. He's the one that extended their territories farther than anything else. He's the one that kind of set the um, trade routes in place so that they could build this beautiful temple and uh, did all of these things. So to have someone be... uh, higher one than even David is significant and the fact that he's yes the son of David but also the lord of David we're not looking for a earthly person that is here right now to rule Mm -hmm. we're looking for someone that existed even at the time of David sure so the eternity of God
1: so then he after that He warns them about the teachers of the law. Mm -hmm. So just a second ago, the teachers of the law said, well said, and now he's condemning them in front of the people, calling out their sins.
0: Yeah, and just this idea that they make a big deal about what they're doing publicly. I mean, it's hypocrisy that it's always something that is... Um, extremely detrimental for the church when you have any kind of leadership pretending to put on one mask or putting on one mask in order to lead the people but then their actual actions show that they are not really caring about the well-being of others Mm -hmm. that it's Hey, everybody, you know, continue to give. Oh, we're going to do this as a church body. But then when someone really isn't help, well, those are the rules. This widow doesn't have enough money to pay their temple tax or doesn't have money for this. Well, I guess they're going to lose their house. And it's just, I don't know, I forget what the term is mental dissonance or the but yeah so that's chapter 20.
1: So this is all kind of leading up to mm, yeah Jesus death.
0: Right and all of this could have been said at that um like once or like, right when okay. Jesus is at the the temple
1: yeah
0: and he you know you can kind of picture him talking and more and more people gathering around and the Pharisees and Sadducees getting even more upset and possibly he's teaching some people and they come in and start mocking him
1: yeah and he's not I don't
0: know, hiding his real feelings. No, and he's also not hiding his body. Like, he's sitting there in the temple and calling them out to their face. I mean, we just, I don't know, we, we overlook the courage maybe sometimes because it's Jesus, but it's incredible to be able to do that, to stand up to authority this is a little spoiler for you for my sermon on Sunday, but the people are listening, but um, there's a quote in the declaration of independence that uh, it is evident for the writers of the declaration that people are more likely to suffer when that suffering is known by them than they are to abolish that suffering and do what is right. So, I kind of see that here with some of the people in the crowd that, well, it's the devil we know, it's the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of the things that are wrong with all of this corruption. So, let's not overthrow that because who knows what it means for us in the future to follow this traveling prophet that's only been around for three years. Even though it seems uh, like it he's right. I mean Nicodemus would have been this way, the other teachers that believed in Jesus, but this all happens and God's will is fulfilled, so
1: Yeah, we're getting closer to the closer to the end. Mm-hmm. So we'll find
0: out some yep. more tomorrow. Alright, have a good day.
1: Scooby-dooby dooby-doo wop. Pastor Rand Laura, wake up.